Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. In the news, are the prophecy teachers giving us the real truth? Are the end times upon us now? Let's find out. Now here's your host, Albert Hardy. Hi everybody, this is Albert Hardy. I'm recording this on September 10th. I'm recording it in Sebring, Florida. We're having Hurricane Irma today. We've been preparing for it for at least three days. We have the windows boarded up. We have reinforcements made in the greenhouse. We have plenty of food and water stored. It's already raining and windy. I've decluttered the backyard and the side yard and front yard, and I've parked my van across the street in my neighbor's vacant lot so that it can be safe from the trees that I have around the house that could potentially fall on it. But let me just tell you that the hurricane, as bad as it is, and it's going to have 100-mile-an-hour winds here, but in Tampa, 130 to 150-mile-an-hour winds, storm surge of 15 feet. Can you believe that? Wow. This is a big one. It's historic, it's scary, it's frightening. We've been praying about it for days. But let me just tell you that all of our worry over this, all of our trouble over this, and believe you me, I am sore from putting up all that uh, plywood, 14 windows worth. That's hard work, let me tell you. Two days worth of solid work, sun up to sundown. But all of that is nothing compared to what's coming according to the pages of your Bible and mine. I'm just going to go through a list of things that are going to befall mankind before the return of Christ. Many times you hear prophecy teachers say, that all the prophecies that need to be fulfilled before the return of Christ have already happened. <laughs> Hardly. That's just simply not true at all. Sorry, people. Well, so I'm going to give you a rather lengthy list of scriptures and just generally tell you what they're going to say to you. You can look them up and take them as you please. But here we go. Number one, John 9, verse 4. In churches today, they don't really talk much about prophecy at all. Uh, generally, there's one scripture verse. It's not prophetic. It's Christian living. And then they embellish the entire sermon out of that one verse. Pathetic. John 9, 4 says this, We must work the works of him that sent me, this is Jesus speaking, while it is day, the night comes when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. What would happen if there were no light on the planet? That's kind of the theme to this whole 
prophetic sequence I'm going to give you. But here Jesus is telling us that there is a time coming when no man can work. Can you imagine that? No man working, no man going to work, no man doing anything. No worship, no worship of any kind, but men hunkering down out of fear. Well, that's kind of what we're doing in the hurricane, except we have daylight. Imagine a world where the sun doesn't shine. So, where would that be in Scripture? Well, let's next go to Matthew 24, verse 31, which we've talked about before. Again, Jesus is speaking, and he says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be disrupted or shaken. Now, I'm going to give you my quick explanation of this. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened. Okay, let's stop right there. The sun shall be darkened by what? Well, by smoke, quite honestly, by smoke. And I'm not talking about uh, sticks and, and trees and grass being on fire. No, I'm talking about World War III happening in the Middle East, where all the oil, or the majority of the oil is. The oil's found all over the earth. But the majority of it is in Saudi Arabia, it is in Iraq and Iran, and all around there. So, where do I go next for proof of that? Okay, let's go to the unmistakable Revelation 9-2. The fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven to the earth. And to him was given the key to the bottomless pit, the pit of the abyss I have in the margin. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, the smoke, or as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now, how could you possibly misinterpret that? No, you can't. Where to next? Joel 2, verses 2, 10, and 31 says this. If you're not familiar with your Bible enough to find Joel, I suggest that you learn all about the minor, minor prophets, so-called minor prophets. But anyway, here's what he says in Joel 2. Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm on my holy mountain, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for it is uh, the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord comes, and it is near at hand, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, as the morning spreading upon the mountains. A people great and strong, there has never been anything like this, neither shall there be any more after it even to many, many years of many generations. A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame remains or burns. The land 
which was as the Garden of Eden before them, behind them is a desolate wilderness. Nothing shall escape them. Verse 10, The earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars withdraw their shining. Then in 31 and 32, I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And you can read the rest of verse 32. What are these pillars of smoke? Well, when they drop a nuclear bomb on an oil field, and keep in mind that these oil fields, some of them aren't even buried. They're, the oil is like a lake, a lake of oil. If they drop the nuclear bombs there... Guess what happens? It catches fire. Big time fire. These pillars of smoke are these fires. You're, can you see that? Surely you can see that. Scary stuff. Yes, definitely. That's why in Matthew twenty four thirty one, the sun shall be darkened. The moon shall not give her light. Well, what's the stars that fall from heaven? As I've said many times before, this is not stars like our sun is a star. It's not that all of those are going to fall to the ground and hit the earth. That's not even remotely possible or going to happen. So what's he talking about? My view is this. There are some 22,500 satellites out there that keep the internet alive. These are managed by guys on the ground, engineers around the world and many substations. Just type in SES Astra in your Google search and you will find these engineers. Well, they're hired to make sure that these uh, satellites are in orbit and in the right orbit and in the right position so that they don't bonk into someone else or someone else's satellite. These are very expensive satellites, and they don't want them ruined. So that's why they're hired to keep these guys in line. Now, how do they keep them in line? Well, they, are, they all have onboard retro rockets that propel or steer these uh, into the right orbit and the right position. They had to have these in order to make this whole thing possible. So anyway, that's the stars that will fall. Well, why will they fall, according to Jesus in Matthew twenty four thirty one? Well, they'll fall because of the darkening of the sky. The sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. Why? By reason of the smoke of the pit. Revelation 9.2. When that smoke goes up into the atmosphere, it's so hot, it burns at millions of degrees to make the smoke. And that joins, it, if by nuclear fission, joins the molecules of the smoke to the molecules of the air itself. When that happens, you have black air. 
Try breathing that. <laughs> You'll take one lungful and keel over dead. That's my prediction. This is not good, that's for sure. But that's the... Why, why would these satellites fall? Well, they'll fall because the radio signals that make these retro rockets fire can't get through that black, thick air, that black smoke, the layer that's going to cover and darken the Earth a little bit at a time. It'll be a little darker each day, and as the world turns, that smoke's going to turn right around with it and cover the entire Earth. Now, I can show you more proof of that, but let's keep going. Next, let's go to Isaiah 34. Come near, you nations, to hear and listen, you people. Let the earth hear and all that is therein, the world and all things that come forth from it. For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations, and his fury is upon all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them and has delivered them to the slaughter. Their slain shall be cast out and their stink shall come up out of their carcasses and the mountain shall be covered or melted with their blood. All the host of heaven, that would be your satellites, shall be dissolved or fall and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll. I've said this before. What does that mean? Well, when you roll a scroll together or back up again together so that the two scrolls, the one on the right and the one on the left, roll together, you can no longer read the words. So that's exactly what's going to happen. You will no longer be able to see those satellites or the stars. If you go out at night and you look really careful and you're away from all the city lights, you can see these, these satellites. They travel, but they look just like stars. But all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falls from the vine and as the falling fig from the fig tree. For my sword shall be bathed or drink its fill in heaven. Behold, it shall come down on Idumea. Now, where's that? Well, that's Saudi Arabia. It's Iraq and Iran. It's Jordan. It's that whole region. It will come down on them for and, and the people of my curse to judgment. The sword of the Lord is therefore then filled with blood is made fat with the fatness and the blood of lambs and goats, etc., etc. So you can keep reading this entire chapter. But it is a dire chapter. But you can learn a lot by reading this. It predicts that Isaiah, or, um, that Idumea will be underwater. What? Well, yeah, and I can explain why. Let, but first, let's go to Jeremiah 51, verses 37 through 55, roughly. Jeremiah is the very next book, and it's toward the end of the book. Verse, uh, let's see, let's start in 
Well, he predicts that Damascus, Syria will be destroyed in Isaiah 17.1 and also in um, chapter 49 of Jeremiah, starting in verse 23 through 27. He says in 27, I will kindle a fire in the wall of Damascus, and it shall consume the palaces of Ben-Hadad. So you can read the rest of that. Now in 50, here's what it says. The word of the Lord that, no, the word that the Lord spoke against Babylon. That's who he's talking about, this whole set of chapters here. And against the land of the Chaldeans by Jeremiah the prophet. Verse 3, for out of the north there comes up a nation against her. Who? Well, that would be Babylon. Now, um, Nebuchadnezzar ruled the world at one point. The world was Idumea, and Idumea was Babylon, and that today is the region of Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran, and other places in that area, which the Lord shall make desolate, and none of them or none shall dwell therein, they shall remove or move away, they shall depart both man and beast. Verse 9, For lo, I will raise and cause to come up against Babylon a mighty assembly of great nations from the north country. Verse 31, and this again is chapter 50, of Jeremiah. Behold, I am against you, O you most proud, says the Lord God of hosts, for your day is now come, the time I will visit you. And the most proud shall be, or shall stumble and fall, and none shall raise him up again. And I will kindle a fire in his cities, and it shall uh, devour all around about him. Unquote. Verse 40, As God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighboring cities thereof, says the Lord, So shall no man live there, neither shall any son of man dwell therein. Behold, a people shall come from the north, and a great nation, and many kings shall be raised up from the coast, the uttermost parts of the earth. He's predicting World War III right here, in my view. In verse 7 of 51, Jeremiah, he says, Babylon has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken, and the nations have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. Babylon has suddenly fallen and destroyed. Howl for her. Take balm for her pain, so maybe she can be healed. We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her, and let us go, every one to his own country. For her indignation, or I'm sorry, her judgment, reaches unto heaven, and is lifted up to the skies. The Lord has brought forth our righteousness. 
Come, let's go down and declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. I want to get to the part where he says it's underwater. So let's go to verse 24. And I will render unto Babylon and to all the inhabitants of the Chaldeans, or the Chaldea, all their evil that they have done in Zion. In your sight, says the Lord. Now verse 42, get this. The sea is come up on Babylon, and she is covered with the multitude of her waves. That's pretty hard to mistake. Now I want to take you back to 37. And Babylon shall become heaps. Babylon? (laughs) There is a city in Iraq of about 600,000 people uh, today that is predicted here to be underwater. Now, I know it's not necessarily the seat of every evil today, but in this day, when this was written, it was a symbol for evil. But listen to what he says in verse 37. And Babylon shall become heaps, a dwelling place for dragons, an astonishment. Can you imagine that, being astonished? That's something that's happening in Iraq. Well, when you see these pillars of smoke and fire everywhere, this is going to be astonishing to everybody on the planet. And an hissing without an inhabitant. Have you ever heard water hit fire or fire hit water? You hear this hissing. Can you imagine that for... Yeah, you know, miles and miles and miles of uh, smoke pillar fires coming up. And then this thing grows into a lake of fire. They all melt the sand around them into one gigantic lake of fire. It's going to eat up most of Iraq. That's huge. Well, Iraq is in between the mountains of Saudi Arabia and the mountain range that separates Iraq from Iran. But Iraq is low, and Kuwait with it. It's all very low. And so it's the valley between the two ranges. Kuwait borders on the sea. Now, imagine what would happen if Iraq became one gigantic ocean of oil on fire, spewing out that smoke, covering the entire world, and then it burns itself so low, putting that smoke up into the atmosphere, and all the oil is now burned up and turn into hydrocarbon, which is in the atmosphere, which we will all breathe if we're alive. Scary stuff. But then Kuwait gets flooded over because the sea pushes its way through the wall of sand that separates it today, and it falls into this abyss, which is referred to in Revelation. So what will you hear? Hissing. That's what he's talking about in my view. 
he says in verse 39 and 57, something I want to bring out here. This is very interesting. Because they tell us that the people that go to hell will burn forever and ever and ever without rest. Well, no, not according to what it says right here. In their heat, I will make their feasts and I will make them drunken that they may rejoice and sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, says the Lord. Did you catch that? Well, here it is again in 57. I will punish, or I will make drunk her princes her and her wise men, her captains, her rulers, her mighty men, and they shall sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, says the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. He signs off on it with his own name. Wow. This disproves the hell dogma in, in just these two verses right here. Very concise, very precise. You can't be awake, suffering, and asleep perpetually without being awake. So let's get real, people. Let's really study the Bible and see what it says and follow it. Don't follow our own imaginations. That's just no good. So what we've seen is that the waves will cover Iraq. At least that's the way I believe it is. Babylon shall become heaps and a place of hissing and an astonishment without a single inhabitant. Wow. The sea will come up on Babylon, verse 42, and she's covered with a multitude of her waves. Incredible. So what's next? Let's go to Ezekiel 38 and start in verse 20. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 38. It's right in the center of your Bible, really. In 38, we find this. Verse, um, let's go to 19. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. Not just Israel, the whole world. Because listen. To verse 20, so that the fishes of the sea, the fowls of the heaven, and the beasts of the field, and all creeping things that creep upon the earth, and all men that are upon the face of the earth, shall shake at my presence. And the mountains shall be thrown down, and the steep places shall fall. And every wall shall fall to the ground. Whoa. Verse 21. And I will call for a sword against him, that would be Babylon, throughout all my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. You know, um, Isaac had uh, Esau and Jacob. And they were brothers, but they went totally different directions. Jacob went and worshipped God, while Esau 
went and worshipped Allah, a pagan foreign god. Verse 22, And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood, and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him an overflowing rain, great hailstones, and fire and brimstone. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of the many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord, unquote. That's the end of chapter 38 of Ezekiel. If there's a worldwide earthquake, no one will be standing. Very few will be left alive. You want to see a prediction of that? Let's go to the next scripture, Isaiah 24, and starting in verse 1. And it shall be, as with the people, so with the priest. As with the servant, so is master. As with the maid, so her mistress. As with the buyer, so with the seller. As with the lender, so with the borrower. So, as with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury. The land shall be utterly emptied and um, utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word. The earth mourns and fades away and languishes. The haughty people of the earth do languish. The earth is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws of God, probably, changed the ordinance and broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore the, um, has the curse devoured the earth and they that dwell therein are desolate and found guilty. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and there are few men left, unquote. Verse 10 says, Every house shall be shut up, and earth's foundations shake. In verse 18, uh, let's see, in 19, The earth is utterly broken down, and the earth is clean dissolved. The earth is moved exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, woe, and shall be removed like a cottage. You ever see a cottage get torn down? Sort of like that. Not very, not very pretty. The transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again. And it shall come to pass that in that day the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are lofty on high, and the kings of the earth upon the earth. And they shall gather together as prisoners are gathered in the pit, and shall be shut up in the prison, and after many days they shall be visited. Then the sun will be confounded, and the moon ashamed, when the Lord God of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion, in Jerusalem, and before his ancients gloriously. Ancients like David. He'll be back alive again in the resurrection. So the Old Testament right here is predicting the resurrection. Amazing. Well, there are many more scriptures to go through. I'm just getting started, just warmed up. But 
keep these things in mind, we're going to see some very dramatic times ahead of us. And I think we get our minds off of those things that are important in the Bible that God is predicting and on to our own personal stuff, like the hurricane today. The winds are starting to pick up. It's going to be a 100-mile-an-hour wind right here in Sebring. When that happens, stuff will be flying around. We'll have horizontal wind and rain and lots and lots of it. They're predicting up to 25 inches of rain. That's a lot of rain. But I'm on a hill, so it's probably not going to flood out, but it's just going to be a gigantic rain and wind event. And we've been through these before. First hurricane I went through here in Florida was when I was nine years old, Hurricane Donna. So, but anyway, um, we see trees flying around. We see limbs broke off. We see trees falling to the ground. We see lots of damage to roofs. There's shingles all over the road and all kinds of trash. Ugh. So it's bad, but anyway, pray for us. We need it right now. But anyway, this parallels so much of Matthew 24, and i got to get off the air, but anyway. It shall come to pass in that day, and I'll just finish this up, that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high, and they'll be gathered together. Does that sound like Matthew 24? or 25, where he talks about the tares being gathered first. First, gather you first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them and gather my wheat into my barn. Study that and think about it. Are we really going to get raptured out of here first? No, 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 no. Gather you first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. The fire is coming first before the resurrection. I think we got it wrong. Now, I talked personally, face to face, hand to hand. I shook his hand with one of the writers of the Left Behind series, Jerry Jenkins, and I asked him, and Jerry, tell me, is this based on scripture or based on fiction? He says fiction. See, it's not based on scriptures. It's based on fiction. It's something he made up along with Tim LaHaye. This is not real. It's not biblical. This Left Behind series, they've got about 12 of them, 12 of the books in the series, but it's not based on scripture. So please, don't trust it. Trust what you see in the Word of God. I'll see you next time. Until then, this is Albert Hardy. Stay safe. And God willing, I'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.